Hey, thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like Him. The power of influence. It's amazing, isn't it? How we can change people's lives by what we've invested in somebody else. Well, I want to say this first of all. If you're a dad here, happy Father's Day. It's going to be a great day today. We have a big treat for you at the very end of service. We're going to throw you back to being a kid. Uh, but it's interesting to me because I was sitting there watching that. And I've watched that video about 10 times now, but it was one of those where, you know, you're my hero. And, and it's interesting because so many times in our lives, what we do is we kind of follow the influence of somebody else in front of us. Uh, you know, for me, it's my dad, you know, hunting and fishing and playing baseball and um, you know, other people have come into my life, my, you know, my brother and all that, but there's all kinds of influences, but it hasn't always been the influence of people with skin on, um, or, or, or maybe not real humans because it's, it's this, how many people, so I need you all to do me a favor this morning. It's, it's father's day and um, some of us are getting a little older, but I need to, us to kind of use our imagination. Like we are, let's go back to when we were five or six years old. Now for some, it's not that hard for you to do this for others. It's a really long time ago. So, but our heroes, my heroes, were what we called superheroes. Anybody have a superhero that they used to? Well, we, we grew up in a, you know, kind of a normal house. We didn't have the money to buy costumes, so it was this. Anytime I would put on my black towel, don't you judge me, right? Y'all see it? Look just like them, right? Hi, my name is Batman. Right? And I would, we, we would all, all around the house, man, we would like pretend we were swinging from one bed to the other, or, you know, we would lay on the, like, like the, like we would have the, the, the a car that was the, the Batmobile, all that kind of stuff. We did all that because of this cape, because of that superhero. Now, maybe, maybe Batman wasn't your gig. You know, maybe, maybe you were a little bit more refined and you wanted some muscles and you wanted a real superhero, so you would put the red cape on. That looks more like a little red riding hood like that. Let's. <laughs> Right? So what you would do, you would be Superman. And now you were able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. You were able to stop trains and bullets and all that kind of stuff. I remember as a kid, uh, my dad uh, would, would hear us, settle down in there. But it would, my, my brother would throw something at me and I'd catch it like a bullet. And man. Now, if you were a, a girl... You wanted to be Wonder Woman. And if you were a guy, you wanted to be with Wonder Woman. <laughs> but you know what happened? We grew up. And the things that we used to think were superheroes weren't super anymore because they, we realized that they were fake. And then we've tried to judge everybody else in our lives by that concept of a superhero. I'm going to give you a couple. I'm going to make some statements. I'm going to ask a lot of questions today. But like the very first statement is, the, 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 because we're going to talk about this concept of influence and what we allow to influence us. And I'll say it, and we talked about it in this last series. We'll say it today. The greatest influence we can have is when we allow Jesus Christ to influence our lives. It changes us forever. We're, we're never the same when the influence of Christ is in our lives. But that's, so that's a statement. Here's another statement. Another statement is this. God's not looking for superheroes. He's looking for me. He's looking for people like you. 
Um, when we first started the church years ago, 20 years ago, um, I remember sitting in the parking lot of uh, Lewiston Elementary School where we started our church. And I was sitting in the parking lot one day. It was, I was complaining. I, I will say this. I was whining to God. Does anybody else besides me ever whined to God? And God is like, I'm not talking to you. You know, that kind of deal. But I was sitting there and I was whining about because, well, first of all, we had to set up and tear down. Like, you guys just walk into this place and you sit on nice chairs and the band's all set up. They come in and practice at 6.30. They put, we would have to set up at 6 o'clock. We have to get there. We have to set up the whole stage. We have to set up all the chairs every week, you know, two or three, 400 chairs. So I was in the parking lot whining. And what I was whining about is God, why me? Why did you like, why do I have to do this? And he was like, I, you get to do this. I'm like, it doesn't feel like a get to do moment. feels more like a got to do moment. But then I was like sitting there com complaining a little bit because I, I thought the church should have grown faster. And so what I decided to do was I decided to try to be other preachers. So for a series of, I don't know, maybe weeks or months, I tried to be Andy Stanley. Now, if you guys know anything about Andy Stanley, super eloquent speaker, really good, speaks to white-collar people, you know, in Atlanta. I mean, CEOs from, you know, all the big Chick-fil-A's and all that good church. And he sits at a table, and he has a little Bible like this, and he has a TV that he goes to. So for a series of long time, I would try to be Andy Stanley. And I was like, I'm just not that smart. Like, when he goes lean into this, everybody leans into this. Like, when I say lean into it, they like, huh? So I stopped being him. And then I decided, okay. I'm going to be Joel Olstein. And you know what I realized? He's got a great smile and I don't. And so then I tried a couple others. It was Erwin McManus and I tried to be Craig Rochelle and I tried to, my favorite one, honestly, was I tried to be T.D. Jakes for a while. For obvious reasons, it didn't work. And then I realized that God was just looking for me. And I was literally sitting in my car the day I was complaining. And I was trying to be everybody else. And God said, I have one of all of them already. I need one of you. And what would happen if you just bet were you and allow me to use you the way you are? And I just thought, wow. So, so then in, the question came up as I got older is this. And this is a question. Who are we allowing to influence us then? If we're not allowing superheroes or super preachers influence, who are we going to allow to influence our lives? What's, what's that look like in our lives? And what influence? And, and there's a part B to this because I think they kind of go together. Like, who are we allowing to influence our lives will dictate who and how we influence the people around us. And so you got to pair those things together. And it's interesting because in the world that we live in, we don't talk a lot about influences because it's either an influencer or it's somebody like influencing our kids to do something wrong or a society. And we don't, we don't even, sometimes we don't even look at that positively. But all through scripture, we see Paul talks to Timothy. Paul talks to Timothy and Silas. And Paul talks about being in. Matter of fact, in the book of Ephesians, this is what he writes. And think about this. And sometimes when we read scripture, it's not so much what we read, it's what we don't read sometimes or what, what's the opposite of it. And it says, then we will no longer imitate or be immature like children. You know, like when I was, looking for su superheroes. Like, I, I'm not going to be that. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of teaching. We will not be, and what's that next word right there? Influenced. We will not be influenced by that kind of stuff. When people try to trick us with clever, uh, with lies so clever that they sound like the truth, instead we will speak with truth and love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fitly joined together perfectly as each part does its own special work. And I love this. Each part helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And he's saying, listen, you've got to, and really if you want to kind of break that down, he's talking about exactly what I'm saying. Like what you allow to influence your life is the way you influence the people 
people around you. We're going to see it over and over. It's the theme for the whole day. But he's saying, listen, watch what you, in, watch what you allow to influence you. So the question we're going to ask, and I'm going to ask it again real quick, who's influencing you? And then what type of influence will you be to your kids? Think about that for a second. To your kids, what kind of influence will you be to your kids? What does that look like? How about to, how about to the people around you? How about your grandkids? If you have grandkids, how, what kind of influence are you having? You know, I, I've said it, you know, I'm, I'm getting re- ready to be a granddad. And like, wow, like, am I just going to teach them how to throw a baseball? Or am I going to teach them, you know, real life? Like, what am I going to, what's the influence I'm going to have? How about to your employees? If you're a boss, how about to your employees? How are you influencing your pl- employees? Are you going to work and understanding that it's a mission that God's called you on, that you're an evangelism, you know, evangelist in there? Uh, like, uh, do you use it as like every work, all the work that we do is unto the, how do you, how do you, how do you do it? How about your coworkers? How about your friends, your families? How about the people you do ministry with around here? I see, you know, yesterday there was all kinds of red shirts around here as we did this, this cart. Like, how, how are you influencing the people around you in, your, in those service groups? And so when we start to kind of ask those questions, there's some things that pop up. And I think if we're going to be and allow people to influence us, we have to watch who we allow to influence us. And then we have to be careful of how we influence others. So I'm going to give us a couple just kind of, kind of we're going to peel it back a little bit and we're going to talk about this. So the first thing is who you allow to influence you determines what type of influence you be, okay? You will be. And it talks about, and I, and I love this, and, and but Paul's talking to the Thessalonica church in First Thessalonians. And he's talking to them about being encouraged and building their faith up. But he's also saying, you have the opportunity to be a great influence. Watch, watch what he says here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 6. So you received the message with joy from the Holy Spirit in spite of the severe suffering it brought to you. In this way, this is a real key verse today, in this way, how, you know, imitate both us and the Lord. As a result, you have become an example to all the believers in Greece throughout both, um, uh, throughout Greece and both in uh, Acacia. And now the world, the, the word of the Lord is ringing out from, uh, from you, you, your people, you, from you to people everywhere, even beyond Macedonia and Acacia. For wherever we go, we find people telling us about the faith, your faith in God. We don't need to tell them about it for they keep talking about the wonderful welcome you gave us and how you turned away from idols to serve the living and the true God. And they speak of how you are looking forward to the coming of God's son from heaven, Jesus, whom God raised from the dead. He is the one who has rescued us from the terrors of the coming judgment. Do you see what he's saying right there? You have been influenced. You have been influenced. Imitate me. You've been influenced. But now because of your influence, people's lives are being changed. So what they've learned, they become. And in our lives, that's what we've got to do with our kids, with our coworkers, with our ministry, you know, uh, people that we do ministry with. Every, every area of our everybody that we touch, we have to make sure that we're being influenced right and then we're influencing people the right way. And I'm going to say something. That's a bold statement he's making right there. He says, imitate me. Imitate me. You know what that means? Walk like me. Talk like me. Act like me. Heal like me. Do all the things. Change the world. Like Do the things that, that God's done. That's a big, because you know something? There's not a lot of people in the world that we live with or live in anymore that are worth imitating. Like seriously, like this, the, 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 the characters we see on TV, are they worth imitating? The politicians, we're not even going to, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on, are they worth imitating? No. Some of the leaders in our world, are they worth imitating? No. And Paul says, listen, imitate us. And it's also Silas and Timothy that he's saying about, imitate all three of us. That's a bold statement. And, and, and I've, said, I've heard this before. And, 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 and I've been around church about 30 years. Some of you have been around church a long time. You know, and I've heard this. And I, and, and I actually had a conversation with somebody a couple, three weeks ago. And they said this. They said, you know, sometimes I feel like that in a church, we're just following a man. 
Now, there's bads to that, right? We, we know there's bads to that. There's some people that have taken the church astray. You know, it, it seems like every other week there's a scandal that's happening in the church. But I'm telling you, when, when it's been done right, that's a bold statement for somebody to make. And I think if you're a leader in the church, if you're a leader in your family, if you're a leader in the community, you should be in a place, first of all, because of a, being a faith follower, that you should be able to say, follow me, imitate me, act like me, talk like me, that we're worthy of what God's done in our lives. And so in our world we live in, that just, that just doesn't happen all the time. So how are we going to do that? So here's the deal. And I want everybody to get this, because this is something I learned a long time ago. Even when you don't think you're an influencer, you're an influencer. Even when you don't think you're influencer, or nobody's watching, somebody's watching you. Every moment, there was a dad that um, worked a part-time job, and he worked in a feed store. And so he would mix feed up for, for, for animals. And so he would do his regular job, and he would do that, and he would come home all dusty and nasty. And his son would meet him at the door every time. He said, Dad, you're so dirty. You're so, you're so, and so what were you doing? And he told him, explained to him what he was doing. A couple days later, he comes back, and his son is out in the driveway, and he's got rocks in his hand, and he's rubbing rocks up and down his shirt, and he's rubbing up, up and down his legs and down his pants. And the dad goes, what are you doing? He goes, I'm getting dusty like you, Dad. There's always somebody watching. Hey, if you're, if you're a dad or mom, I'm, how many times have your kids, when they were small, put on your shoes and walk around and you ask the question, what are you doing? I'm being like mommy. I'm being like daddy. I can't tell you how many times I would come home from hunting and I would have my snake boots or my rubber boots sitting there and all of a sudden I'd find one of my kids that you could hear them and generally falling too. But it's one of those deals. Why? Why? Because they're always watching and they want to be us. The level of influence in our lives is also the level or the way we influence outside of our lives or in other people's lives. So how's that doing? What are, what are you doing with that? What example are you leaving? I, I made a, like, I was just thinking, what, what example am I leading as a parent, as a dad? What am I leading to next generations? What am I leading? Like, we have a young staff, and so I have lots of, lots of our staff have little kids. Even in, in that situation, what, as a pastor, how am I, how am I being the example to Jacks, Caleb's, you know, and just, I can go right on that. Like, how, what kind of example am I being? How about this in your workplace? I mean, the Bible says, do all work as unto the Lord. Is that what you do? Do people look at you and go, wow, your faith really drives the way you do things at your workplace? How about the way you treat your spouse? How about, you want to talk about that for a second? I remember very early on, I realized that, that my three girls were watching how I treated their mom, that how I, how I, how I dated Gina, how I, how I you know, held her hand, public you know, displays of affection within reason, all that kind of stuff. You know what I wanted my three girls to grow up to do? Marry guys like me. I want it to be an example. I want it to imitate because that's what I watched growing up. That's the relationships I watched growing up. The, the good, and, and here's the deal. You know, you, you, we become one of two. We either go directly toward that or we go directly the opposite of that. And I just determined I was going to be, I was going to be that kind of guy. And see, more than likely what's happening is you're demonstrating what was demonstrated to you. Every one of us is demonstrating what was demonstrated to us. So I'm going to ask this question several diff different times, Okay. So, what kind of influences did you allow in your life? And how are they impacting the influences going forward? Good or bad? If they were bad, we've talked about this a lot. If they were bad influences, break the cycle. Stop, just break the cycle. Stop doing that. Stop being like that, that parent or that, that, you know, that, 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 that family. Just stop being that and be the exact opposite. 
So I'm going to give you a couple things now, and these are a couple tools that things are people, traits of people that we can look to allow. I'm going to say this this way. Giving permission to somebody to influence me is very important. And these are the things I look for in the people that I allow to influence me, okay? The very first thing is I look for people who genuinely care about people. They have to have an amazing love. I have a friend of mine that's a pastor of a church, and I've asked him permission to share this story. And I mean, he would tell you, if he was standing up here, he would tell you the truth. He started the church, I don't know, eight or 10 years ago, great area of Atlanta. Uh, he, they were pop, they would go from like 100 to 300. And then all of a sudden, they would back down to 100. And they would back, then they would go to 300. And they would come back down to 100. And I remember asking him one day, and I, I had a chance uh, years ago to go to the church. And it was one of those deals where like, I was sitting there, I was like, I can identify what the problem problem was the, the, the pastor and the staff, they didn't like the church people. They, 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 there was no interaction. They didn't care for the, the people they were ministering to. And you know something? That's noticeable really quick. So they were really attractional. Lots of people would come to church, but then they would realize they weren't loved and cared for. That it was really all about that staff. And I remember saying to them one day, I said, hey, you know something? It, it's probably time for you to leave to go someplace else because it's very obvious that you don't like these people. And he goes, oh, I know. I don't like these people. I'm thinking, wow, that's, wow, right? You know what he did? He stayed five more years. And you know what happened? 100 to 300, 100 to 300, 130. Frustrated. It was a revolving door. Man, that's not what God's design is. God's, we got to look for people in our lives. I love when I read about the Apostle Paul. I love the way he talks to Timothy. I love the way he talks to Silas. I love the way he talks to the churches. In the First Thessalonians, listen to this. This is the kind of leader that I want to be. This is the kind of leader that I want to follow. He said, this is a letter from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. We are writing to the church of Thessalonica, to you who belong to God, the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. May God give you grace and peace. And watch verse two. We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. That's what we should expect from our leaders. That's what we should expect from the people around us. I always thank God for you. I always pray for you. Chapter 2, verse 19, he says it this way. After all, what gives us hope and joy and what will be a proud reward and crown as we stand before the Lord Jesus Christ when he returns? It is you. He said, you're my crown. You're what's important. I'm so proud of you. And then he says, yes, you are the pride and joy. Man, I want, I want to be around that kind of people, that, those kind of people. I want to be, that's the leader I want to be. Chapter three, verse nine, he says, how we thank God for you because of you, we have great joy as we enter God's presence. Man, that's the way we should do church all the time. No wonder Paul had such credibility. No, no, no wonder he had such influence. He honestly loved them. He cared about them. And you know what? It's very apparent when somebody is in it for them, isn't it? Like you just know. When they're in it for them, they don't really care about you. They don't really love you. In our church, can I just say this? I want to make in our church, in our church, this church, I don't want to be known as a church that's got a great, a great band. Okay? They're great. They're phenomenal. Like I I want to be them when I grow up. <laughs> them or Bon Jovi. I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet, but right? I want that's not I don't want people from the outside going, man, Journey's got a killer band. Like, I don't want to be known to church. They, they got a great communicator. They got a great communicator. Forget it. You lost your chance. It's not good if I have to beg. No, but you know what I'm talking about? Like, I, I, I think we have great communicators around this place. I don't want to be known for buildings. I want to be known as the church that loves people. People that don't, 
get loved other places. People that are ostracized from other places. People that are asked not to come back from other places. I want to be that church. We have been that church. For years we've been that church. When we, when a community, like when we talk about it, it was interesting because yesterday we did this. If you had a chance, how many people came to the car show yesterday? It was absolutely amazing. Like we had 126 cars out there and it was like meals for everybody. It was free, but there was a guy standing over there and one of our, our volunteers walked up to me and said, Hey, that guy over there came last year and he was just told me a story about how everybody was so nice to him. He brought one of his cars. He, how everybody's, and he didn't have any money for, for the food and he didn't know that it was free. And so, so if you didn't know that we give free food out all the time, it seems like everywhere. <laughs> um, but he was, he was telling like, and then he said, you want to know what the coolest thing? Then a week later, I got this handwritten note from somebody named Bobby Smith thanking me for showing up and being at this car show. And so he didn't know who I was. So I walk over there and I just go, hey, my name's Bobby Smith. And he goes, you're the guy that wrote me the note. Man, you love people, don't you? I watch you, watch you. I'm, I'm thinking that's what I want to be known for. I want to be known for the, the church, the faith community that takes care of our community. When, 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 when Columbia County School District needs something, I want them to come to us and go, we need something that you can supply. And somehow or another, we tell them about the dangerous message of Jesus Christ and how he can change their lives. That's what I want to be known for. I want to be known as the church that's genuine, that has great love for the people around them. Before you follow anyone's lead, before you take anyone's advice, ask yourself a couple questions. Does this person really care about me? Does this person have my best interest in heart? Uh, uh, interest at heart? Is this person out for themselves or are they really out for me? Anybody ever bought a car? Three of us. Okay, how did you get here today? You, somebody give you to like, I want to get on that deal. Let's try this again. How many people have ever bought a car? Perfect. Did you feel like you were doing... Now listen, I'm going to say this, okay? If you're a car salesman today, thank you, Jesus, for you. Especially if you tithe here. And if you don't tithe here, maybe you need to start. Now, um, did, if you're a car you're not this person I'm talking about, okay? Would you ever feel like you were doing them more good than you were actually? This is how, this is the opening sale. I was a salesperson. I, this was the opening line of one of the cars I bought. You know how good you would look in this car. I said, I'd look good in any car. And you know what he said? I only need two more cars to make the company trip. So if you buy one, I only need one more. And I thought, I'm doing... Is this really about me? Like, you should be letting me go on the trip if I buy the car. <laughs> you ever felt like that before, though? You only get contacted by that person when they need something? There's, there's only that, that's not genuine, genuine love. And that's what we shouldn't be known as. And if we're going to allow people to influence our lives, and, and we're going to understand that we're going to influence the people the same way, we need to make sure the people that love us and care about us are the ones around us. So I'll ask the question again. Who do you love to influence you? Because many times it determines what type of influence you are, okay? Let me give you the second thing. Look for those who lead with authenticity. They're real. They're just real. One of the, one of the, greatest, one of the greatest compliments we get around this place and I get is, Bobby, you're the same person on the stage as you are out there when we're walking around the car show or high-fiving or fishing in a boat or playing golf. You're the same exact person. You want to know something? By design. I don't want to be one thing up here. You don't want me to be one thing up here. 
And guess what? I don't want you to be one thing down there and one thing out there. I want us to be, I want us to be real with each other. I want us to be authentic. And we need to look for people in our lives and allow people to speak in our lives that reflect those things. Paul says it like this, as we pray to our God and our Father about you, we're, we, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and your enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you as he's chosen you to be his own people. For when, for when we brought the good news, it was not only the words or with words, but it was also with power that the Holy Spirit gave us full assurance that we said what was true. And you know of our concern for you from the way we lived when we were with you, he said, listen, everything, I'm, I'm, I'm saying what I do and I do what I say. That's what he's saying right there. So when he talked about the miracle working power of Jesus Christ, you know why they could believe him? Because he was part of it. They saw it. When Jesus was raising people, like he said, remember when Jesus was doing this thing? He could say that with authenticity. He was there. He watched. He saw it happen. When he talked about Jesus changing people's lives, he saw, Paul saw life change happening. He was authentic. He was real. But you know what I love about Paul? He was also honest about his faults. Some leaders are really good at telling you all the great things they do, but they hide the things. You know what that's called? Integrity. I love the way Paul writes it in Romans chapter 7, verse 14. We looked at this a couple weeks ago. So the trouble is not with the law, for it's spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I'm all too human. I'm a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself for what I want to do, what is right, but... I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if, if I know what, that I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree with the law is good. He said, so I'm not the one doing wrong. It's sin living inside of me. And I know nothing good lives in me. That is my sinful nature. And I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. You ever feel like that? Man, that's, that's real right there. That's, that's being transparent. That's going, you know something, I fall. And then he goes, verse 24, oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin? Thank God the answer is Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is in my mind? I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. Man, I want to be around leaders like that that are just real. That tell me about their faults. I was reading an article this past week because before you allow somebody to influence you, you better ask yourself a couple questions. Are they real? Is that the real thing in front of me? There was an article I was reading about a, a zoo and they had these two zebras or they were telling everybody they were zebras. And one of the guys took a picture of this and he noticed there was a smudge on the zebra's nose. And so he sent the pictures to the person that was in charge of the zoo, and he goes, these things aren't zebras. I think there's, these, are just, these are just zebras that you, uh, uh, donkeys that you painted stripes on. And he goes, no, 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 they're, they're zebras. And he goes, no, no, they're, they're not. They're like, so they had a vet, they, had a, they had did the thing in a paper, and they had a vet, and the vet goes, no, 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 these are donkeys that somebody painted stripes on. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you know what, in our lives, you know what we do? Sometimes we allow people that are dressed up as zebras that have painted stripes on, that aren't real, influence our lives. How do we do that? And if we're doing that, we got to stop doing that. We have to look for authentic people. Let me give you the last thing and we'll close right here. Look for those who keep their ego into check. Have you ever noticed there's some leaders who give you the distinct impression that it's all about them all the time? I don't care. Community leaders, we've seen it in the church, we've seen it in school systems, we see it everywhere. Their leadership strategy is frequently to tell you what they think you want to hear, and they, 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 they bait you. Do you ever feel like you're being baited? Like, the, the, the only, like they're trying to get you to say something that's going to appeal to them. 
One of the things I love about Paul is Paul never did that. And as a matter of fact, several times in scripture, he actually defended himself. One is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, the next chapter, it says in verse 2, you yourselves know, dear brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not a failure. You know how badly we had been treated in Philippi just before we came to you and how much we suffered there. Yet our God gave us the courage to declare the good news to you boldly in spite of great opposition. Now watch verse three. So you can see we're not preaching with any deceit or impure motives or trickery. For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose, our purpose, what does it say? To please God. That's it. Man, I love the fact that he says that. He's our purpose. And he says in verse five, never once did we try to win you with flattery as you well know. And God is our witness that we were not pretending to be your friends just to get your money. As for human praise, we never sought it from anyone else. I love that. We were there to please God. Man, we have to allow people in our lives to influence that aren't egomaniacs, that understand it's all about making Jesus famous. We say it all the time around here at Journey Community Church. We're about the little J, or we're about the big J, not the little J. The big J is Jesus. The little J is Journey. We're about the the big K, not the little K. We're about the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of Journey and what we do around this place. And what I've learned, there's not a lot of people in the world that see things that way because there's always somebody trying to fight for the next position. And that shouldn't be what we do here at Journey. Here's what I've learned. I've learned a couple lessons. I'll give you a couple lessons. I'm going to close right here. You can, you can judge the character of a person by how he treats someone who can't do anything else for them. Did you hear that? You can tell a lot about the character of a person about how they treat someone that can't do anything for them. We say it all the, all the time around Journey. We say this, and it's based on a book that I read years ago. Leaders always go last. Leaders always go last. If you're ever in a a room with me and we're doing some type of food, I wait to the last, I want to be the last person. Not because it's some kind of, it's just, it's what I've been taught. It's humility. And you know something? I need things in my life. You need things in your life to beat the ego down. We say this, this is the last little lesson, is that what we want people to do, leaders, if you're a leader, you're, you have kids, you're leading. If, you, if you're, you know, work at a company, you're a leader. What leaders do in excess your followers were due in moderation. So that means we need to do excellence in everything. We need to be excessive in everything we do. So who do you allow to influence your, many times dictates what type of influence you be. And I'll go back to the very first statement I made earlier. When we're influenced by Jesus Christ, it changes everything. It changes everything. And that should change the influence we have in the people around us, our kids, our family members, our workers, everything. I want you to do something with me real quick. We're gonna close. I want you to think about three people that in your life have influenced you. You can write them down. You can just think about them. You can write them down later. Three people in your life that have influenced. It may be a pastor. It may be a Sunday school teacher. It may be a you know children's worker. It may be a youth leader. It may be a coach. Maybe a teacher. It may be your mom. It may be your dad. It may be your grandfather. Whoever it is, three people. Write those down. And I want you to think about why they influenced. How, what was it that they did that influenced your life? You know, maybe they just spent time with you. When maybe they saw something in you that nobody else saw. Maybe, maybe they just instilled you with all, you know, all the stuff that we just talked about. What are those? And this is what I want you to do this week because we're talking about influenced and influencing, influencing. What are you going to do this week to mimic that? Those things that those people, how they influenced you, what are you going to do this week to influence? How are you going to mimic that? 
and the people's lives around you. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in this, in this moment right here, first I want to say, great God, you're an amazing God. Um, thank you for visiting with us today as we worshiped, and what an amazing day of worship today. But just, man, my, my heart needed that. My heart needed to uh, be in a moment with a faith community as we're lifting your name up. I'm higher than everything else that's going on in this world. And God, in this room, I, there's all kinds of, maybe some people haven't been influenced by Jesus yet. And maybe today they're making that transition and they're saying, Jesus, I want you to influence my life. And that in turn will change them forever. And you'll be influencing people for Jesus in the world that you live in. For others, maybe we haven't been a good influence or maybe we haven't had great influences. Let's change that today, God. Help us change that in us. And then for us that want to be influencers, people that want to change the world we live in, God, would you allow us to use these tools that we talked about today to make your name famous in our community? And everybody in the room said, amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or want to talk to someone about taking your next step, email us at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.